Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today will be part two of our discussion of chapter nine of Whither Are We Traveling, Bread or Stone? Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have our three quarters of our usual host of hosts. Uh, I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a Mason in Mill Creek Lodge number 243 here in, in Montley Terrace, Washington. We also have Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham from Penticton number 147 in Penticton, British Columbia, and Very Worshipful Brother David Colbreth from King's Hall number 60 in Auburn, Washington. And uh, we we wanted to keep talking last time, but our time was up, so we're, we're back to talking about uh, Masonic education in the context of this paper. And... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this time because I'm already talking. So any any boo boo. Uh, I I one of the things that spoke to me uh, he talks about is in, in the first section one part three our architects are two amateurs and having people. While I agree that it is a a uh, it is an important thing that to learn to talk to, about something, you learn about the something. So like someone. Uh, think david was saying earlier to have a, an apprentice pick some stuff and learn about it and then relate it to the lodge is an important way of getting the, the new brother to learn about the lot about the items that he's studying i also think that we have a lot of opportunities for one of the things i've always said is we need to go to a local theater company or a high school theater uh, program and get the teacher to come out and and teach us how to conduct to do basic acting stuff for the third degree drama just you know just basic even though they don't know the script or whatever just some basic pointers that would help us to improve that we have a actually there's a guy in my lodge whose daughter teaches high school theater and i keep saying why don't we just have her come and you know give us some pointers on how to do this there are a lot of people out there a lot of opportunities of people who are not necessarily masons or who are that we could get to come in who are actual experts on these things and already teach about them and we never seem to avail ourselves of that. There you go. Yeah. David's nodding his head, so I will declare myself the winner. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. That was something I read at one point that said, why not recruit that drama teacher to be a Mason, right? Why not? Rec if, if you need some help with that, why not go out and try and find a drama teacher, basically, or you know, try and folk, hey, who do you know that? Who do you know that? Who do you know? I know we're not supposed to recruit, but that was the kind of the idea of it, that yeah. And I don't think that there's too much. If I don't know that that would be something you would open the lodge to do, but why not have a Saturday afternoon luncheon, so to speak, and have a regional event. And you could talk about dramatic effect of things. Absolutely. They could certainly put on a workshop. I think it'd be great. And that's good education. That's, and it can be applied directly to, like you said, directly to what we're doing. So I think that's good core. Now, do I think that the entered apprentice should be there? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I mean, if he wants to be there, obviously they're not going to, if they're, if it's a non-Mason, they're not going to be talking about specifics of degrees or things, but it, I don't think that that was, should be on. Let's say you had that once a year, 
once a year, the local drama teacher would come in and talk to you about dramatic effect. Should they go to that? I don't think it should be on their priority list. If they want to go and there's time, sure. Couldn't hurt. But I don't think that that in my checklist of things that I want that new apprentice to learn, it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be in the top five or 10 or whatever. And I think that's, we don't, do we really even have a checklist of things we want? We do because there it's in the mentor, but it's in the mentor's guide. Here's the things we want you to do. We want you to go to visit three meetings. We want you to go see three lodge or three degrees. We want you to see not the three degrees, but three different degrees. We want you to do these certain things. There's actually a checklist of things that are recommended for an apprentice or each a new mason to go and do. But do we incorporate those in our lodges? I don't know. That, I'm just going to say that, that that sounds like something possibly to be discussed when we discuss the next section. Because <laughs> that, in, in my opinion, that falls more under the other than education. Sure, sure. More more in the, you know, providing quality of something. Yeah. Than, you know, making sure that someone knows. Because with that kind of stuff, that's where you're, you're getting into the more nuances more that more of the nuances of a lodge and less of the meat and potatoes that you need to know in order to effectively participate in lodge. Yes, I. It's funny that Matt went into that section on architects because I <laughs> that was actually where my finger was. That's where I, exactly where I wanted to go back to when we came on this. And my comment was not committees appointed by the grandmaster every year. So <laughs> the experts, the architects, may not be your committee men. Or and main, even though there's a few committees out there that are made of people like the, I think originally the finance committee was finance oriented people, accountants, whatever. Uh, the real estate committee is made up mostly of real estate related folks. Is the research and education committee made up of professors and scholars and theologians? Nope, because I'm on it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, are sh should there? Yeah, and and maybe that committee shouldn't exist in that fashion. Maybe that maybe it should be a requirement to be. Hey, if you want to be a on the research education committee, I'm just picking on that one. But on a committee, you should be the professional in that arena. Maybe. Yeah, at least have some some general aptitude for it. Yeah. I also agree with the next, the immediately following the next paragraph, uh, when he talks about our working tools and and what kind of relates to what we were talking about before is that we douse them and deluge them with information, and hour long sessions, you know, twenty minute lectures, and twenty thirty minute sessions of things. And it's just like, oh my gosh, by the time I, we're getting ready to do a first degree and I'm trying to bring in new people, new guys to be part of different things. And I offhandedly say, don't worry about it. By the time we get to that part, he won't remember anything anyway. <laughs> he'll, he'll be so uh, overwhelmed with the experience that it won't, they won't remember that, you know, necessarily. Now they might. What I do say is that there are key elements that 
I think people should look through the degree work or look through the work and say, especially things that are brought up in a lecture, there are certain key elements that are brought up in a lecture on to remind them of what they experienced. And so for those kind of things, I think are important to make sure get done properly, because if they're not done properly, then when we talk about them later and they go, this happened to you, this happened to you, and they go, no, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> uh, but I digress a little bit. So the idea I wrote down bite-sized pieces. I'm I'm doing I've ventured into the land of LinkedIn learning. Have you ever done any of that stuff? And it might be an hour, half an hour or an hour's worth of information, but it's little two to three minute segments and it kind of transitions from one segment to the next. And so you can finish a segment. If you need to move on to something else, you can you come back to it. You don't have to figure out where you were in that. And then after about three or four sessions, 10 to 15 minutes, there's a little quiz, maybe two, three questions, one, two, three questions to kind of make sure you understood you can continue on without passing the questions, but it just helps to solidify the information that you just learned about. So why isn't Masonic education in that similar fashion? We give them a little bit of information, have them take a little bit of a test. Again, not really a test, just, hey, check in your knowledge. And why couldn't we have that available on our Grand Lodge websites in a secure folder with education information? <laughs> no argument, I we guess. We all it's agree with ourselves too much. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> well, no. But my concern would be that how much, like, okay, so 60 years ago, the amount of Masonic information that was available to everyone was limited. We didn't have the internet. You couldn't just order a book and have it delivered within two days. You know, there weren't that many books. Like, you know, so the amount of information that is available now is significantly larger both good and bad more bad than good um but i think i i i, I always worry about having to breaking things down into too small a point like when we talk about digestible you know the two minutes and stuff and i don't like i guess my question is is that is that grand lodges should should grand lodge be in the business of creating you know quizzes like is that really something we should be working on our, our spending our time and money and effort doing or is it not better just to say just to have someone guiding them with saying you, you could have a list of books to read what well, we do on the grand like on our grand lodge website there there's a very lengthy list of books on masonic information you can get um like i don't i worry that we're getting too much too institutionalized in that and it would be that my worry with that one is that we're be, we're turning ourselves more into a into a, a an education a school and not so that you know we people sort of get the idea that you know well I've, I've i've gone through and i've done i've i've done these quizzes and i've checked everything off and now i'm a good mason whereas it's more important to have you know explore stuff on your own and you know see what clicks with you I'm not sure if I'm being. No, I, I would agree. I mean, but I, I think we talked about, we talk about our uh, masonry being a mystery school essentially. Right. And so, and Scottish right blame uh, markets themselves as the university of masonry. Yeah. I don't and, like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> which I understand. And I, and I don't think that should, I have a whole other opinion about Scottish, right? Now that we've, we've talked about those in the past, yeah. but I, I do think that there should still be some basic core level of education. And he even talks about it in the next section, winding stairs, Part four, it says we need to discard about nine-tenths of our curricular materials. And I said, stick to the core. I totally agree with you. I think that there's almost too much information out there. And so I think what could happen and can happen is that guy comes in and we don't give him bread. We give him a stone or don't give him anything. And then he's he thinks he has to go out and find it. And maybe I'm talking about myself and my lodge in particular, but I know some lodges do better, but I also know lodges that don't do what we do. <laughs> which is still pretty limited. So if, if there was, and that's where I think the Grand Lodge could step in, if you will, to provide some kind of core. Now, yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be, you finish these three books or three lessons in this, you get this degree and now you're a perfect master Mason. No, I don't, I'm not about giving out diplomas and that kind of stuff. It's, I, I do like a patent when you become a Mason. Uh, that's kind of cool, but, but not, for not to re- achieve a certain level of education necessarily. Right. But I think there should be a core so that when you say, uh, you know, you go and talk to a fellow craft Mason or he's about to get his degree and in, 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 as a master Mason, you have a pretty good idea of what he knows or should know as a fellow craft Mason. Cause you, and I get the lodge lodges should be able to do what they want to do. And so, but again, I think there should be, a somewhat level of standard that that the the, the lodge is that and grand lodge could help with that it doesn't have to be uh, uh high lofty information and super esoteric just kind of basic core information this is what we think you should know as a an apprentice this is what we think we should know as a fellow crowd this is what we think we should know as a master mason and then beyond that it's up to them and the lodge and what other organizations they might want to be part right. of. I think, I think, I think my stumbling point is I, I call that a prove up because that's what you need to know to like, before you like, before you Do, move on to the next degree, you have to be able to explain what you learned in the, in the preceding one. But are they really understanding it or just reciting? I didn't say, it? okay, no okay. one understands like this. And this is, I guess my thing is that they need to learn before they can understand you won't understand right away. It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be years before anyone totally understands everything they went through. And you only get that by going through and watching the degrees as a spectator. Okay. I guess you can't really watch the degrees as a, as a candidate, but you know, <laughs> and I, I, well, and we have, yeah. And I, I guess it's, it's weird because up here, as I said, we have the Ashler college, which is literally like, and, and there's different, paths you can do through it they're self-guided there's you know here are the courses you need to take to and it's very well laid out and stuff so i that's why i think that basic basic education is your proof up this is what you need to know to be a mason this is what you need to know to move on to your next degree i don't i never expect it i I never expect a new mason to fully understand everything even before they go on to the next degree because there's so much information there to understand and you don't and until you get a ritual book, you don't have a hundred percent of everything anyway. And I, and I always say like, whenever a new Mason comes up and he says, oh, what, what book should I read? And I always say your ritual, know your ritual. That is the basic bare bones. That is what we are. It's contained in the ritual. 
Um, the more you read it, the more you'll understand it. So maybe we're saying the same thing and we're just talking circularly, but I, 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 I don't know if you, because I don't, I, I don't think an entered apprentice can understand everything that happens, uh, everything from an entered apprentice degree before they move on to their fellow craft. They can know it, but I don't think they'll ever totally understand it right at that point. Yes. And and again, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that we should teach them the depth of information about what happened to them in the first degree. It's just we have. We used to call the New Canada Education Program, and now it's kind of floundering in its terminology because nobody really knows what to call it. But it's going to be. I think it's going to be called the first degree education or second degree education. And there is a um, a booklet, if you will, of more background about what happened to you and what you may be thinking about and that kind of stuff. And so it's just, it's a, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 pages. It's, it's just like a, I say a pamphlet, it's more of a small booklet, but <laughs> I don't know how many pages it is offhand, but, uh, but it's, it's some additional background. And I think there are some questions at the end again, to help you. So, Oh, well, what, what, what does this mean? And you can kind of go back to the information and kind of learn about it. And yes, I would agree that if you're learning a catechism, you probably should be trying to understand it a little bit as well. But I think a lot of times it's just focus on get the memory work done so you can move on to the next degree. And not so much the somewhat comprehension. Again, I I totally agree that you know people, I mean, I've been at this 14, 15 years and I still don't know a lot, even though we do a podcast and think, pretend like we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well and there's and, and there's things like i've brought up in lodge before about the words and stuff and there's things that happen in the in the following degrees that bring more light to stuff that happened in the preceding degrees so yes that you, until uh, that's why i say until you've gone all the way until you've gone through the three degrees you know there you you trying to understand it is good but you won't fully understand it because it's you don't have all the information Yeah. But I, I, I also, I'm, I'm very firm in my belief that lodges need to have some sort of education and education that isn't just someone standing up and talking about a famous Freemason, because that just that doesn't cut it anymore. Yes, especially I, one that's I, been dead for two hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> and every, and and it's like you know, okay, yeah, how does that reflect on us? You know. Yes. How can you apply that idea? I think that should, you know, one of the three to five questions I'm going to have is how can we apply this or how does yeah. it affect me? Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the lodge has to be committed. That was my last comment in here was that the lodge must be involved and committed to the process. For sure. So no more past masters rolling their eyes when we come around to the education portion of the evening. Like, oh God, not again. <laughs> I already know that. Well, and the, and the thing is, is that it's not it, for for the most part. I mean, I don't know how the makeup of your lodge is. I mean, ours is predominantly made up of past masters, and for the most part, the education really isn't for them anyway. Like, it, it, if if there's a new piece, if there's something they didn't know, that's great. But we're gear, like at least this my year that that I've been doing it. I've been gearing it to the new members. 
in the sphere of influence that I work in, many of us that are past masters don't have enough education and we still need it though. I think some guys get through the East and they, and they don't really know any of the answers, which I don't, I mean, I fully admit I'm, I'm have been learning more now in the last 10 years than I have in the last, in the first five years, you know, suppose that when I got to the East, I was all knowledgeable. Well, no, I could open a lodge and close a lodge and run the meeting, but I didn't know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, and on that, I, I was just talking with some guys, we, we had a Saturday morning breakfast on the first Saturday to get together. And a few of us were having kind of a meeting after the meeting. And I was talking about how I would like to have, I, while I really enjoy our meetings after the meetings, we kind of complain and moan and groan about things over and over and over and over again. And sometimes we get resolution on some things and we come to a, a conclusion or build a, build a method to, to fix it or whatever. It happens. But what I said to him, one of the guys, we have a new Mason that came from the, I call the middle East from Michigan out and he's now part of our lodge. And he said, we should get together and talk master Masons, past masters, whatever, maybe make it like a past officers club or something and talk about things. And it's, an exclusive thing. And we, we were really talk, talking about trying to develop a long-term financial pot. So if we all give 20 bucks and there's 10 of us that happens every month, there'd be, you know, four or $5,000 at the end of the year that we could start. And this would become a, a seed money. And I said, what I'd really like to do at that meeting though, instead of just kind of BSing is let's have a real topic, a real discussion about something. Let's talk about a word or a part of masonry. And not just commiserate about Howard can't get guys to participate or whatever, or how that degree didn't go well, or how the, a lot of things we talk about here, <laughs> you know, let's, let's have a real discussion about some mysteries. And in my mind's eye, I think that's what Masons in the past used to do. I know that they had a great time in their festive boards and they would drink and be merry, but in my mind's eye, they still had these discussions about how to make themselves better or how to implement the ideas that we learned in masonry. And so that I feel like we're missing that. So two things. First thing, did you guys start putting 20 bucks a month into a pot? <laughs> so we were, it was just an idea, uh, but <laughs> he did follow up with an email. And so we're going to start it. He, the weekend he proposed was Lodge Leadership Retreat. I said, which I said, you're welcome to come along, but we're going to be in Lodge Leadership Retreat. But I love the idea. And I said, you don't have, we don't have to be there. I mean, Bill and I didn't, it was the two of us did. We don't have to be there. You could still do it and have the other past masters come together and start this. It doesn't have to be us. And I, we were, Bill and I were just smiling because it was, we were excited. By the way, he's the fan, Matt's fanboy, uh, Bill Stefani. I, I think he listens. So hi, Bill, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> Heaven help him. He, uh, we were kind of looking at each other and smiling and talking afterwards saying, oh, it's so nice to have somebody else coming in with an idea and want to do something and participate and be proactive about it and not kind of expecting us to do it. And so we were like, yeah, you know, where's my billows? Get that flame going. <laughs> yeah. So for my second half of my question is, well, it's not a question. It's a statement. It's another soapbox issue for me. The, uh, I've, there are enough Masons out there who are just not interested in the kind of education we're talking about. I mean, I, I'm sad that they, that they are not interested, but they're not. 
and they're never going to be. And if you start having a whatever half hour long discussion in Lodge about whatever, they're not going to be interested. Although apparently, according to according to this article that we're reading, the uh, you're going to need to get chairs up from the basement if you start doing this. But I, I actually one of my grandiose ideas that I've never carried through with is to form the the Masonic Education Society of South Snohomish County so that it could be messed with three S's because that would be that I think would exemplify the uh, <laughs> the organization and then and just have you know those masons who are interested in that sort of thing get together and talk outside of lodge i would rather have it be in lodge i would rather have lodge be edifying but honestly lodge is also a business meeting right and that's not that edifying in its own just by na its own nature so but can canadia fixes that right through their Lodge officers meeting and the board of general purposes. That's the word board of general. Well, yeah, except that nothing can be decided at a board of general purpose. <laughs> it has to be brought before the lodge and vote, voted on or it's supposed well, to. Sure. But it just streamlines the process, streamlines the process, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all good Masons hope to last. <laughs> so as we were discussing, talking, I had a thought. And my question is when we talk about Freemasons in the past and in the, the early years of Freemasonry, they would get together and they would discuss new ideas and stuff. And it was, it was a time of new ideas. I mean, the early 18th century, the enlightenment, you know, scientific method and stuff. Are we having an issue now because on average, we are better, better educated and more knowledgeable about things than back then? Is that an issue why education is so hard for us? Because there is there isn't that thirst for knowledge that there once was because it's force fed us for 12 years in school. Just I just wonder if that if that could that is that part of our problem. Interesting. That is interesting. I, I know I've contemplated before in my life that you know it used to be whatever, Isaac Newton was into math and he's into physics and he was into spiritualism and he was into, uh, what, Gematria? Was that Isaac Newton? And it doesn't matter. He was into like 55 different things, right? He was not, he was a polymath. He was not a, a focused on one thing. And nowadays, if you're going to be into, on the cutting edge of physics, you need to be, you know, it's going to be the behavior of this particular subatomic particle and you need a, a you know, a Hadron Collider to, to work on it kind of thing. And I, I wonder if that's sort of the same thing. People are so specialized that that and educated in certain areas that they don't. It's sort of the opposite of what you're saying, but I'm trying to agree with you. Well, no, but it's not because <laughs> well, you, you think about it. Well, okay, so using physics, like when Sir Isaac New when Isaac Newton was starting, physics was new. Like the, you know, so that it, it was this broad subject, and now two hundred years later, so much of it has been discovered that in order to discover new things, you have to be focused. But what I'm saying is that, um, you know, 200 or 300 years ago, the average person was lucky to get two or three years of education. You know, whereas now, I mean, you know, we get 12, 12 years of it, you know, and most of us go on to university and, you know, and the amount and the information that is available to us now is, is at so, so, so much greater than it was back then that, Maybe that's why our discussion, our discussions, and because we 
Ben discussion of politics and religion and all that stuff is maybe partially that's the reason why it is so difficult for us to have these discussions in lodge is that maybe there's not much for us to discuss. And I agree, they're like going going into the deep esoterica of the meaning of the beehive in lodge will glaze people, some people's eyes over and may not edify people the way we think it should. So I just, I, I, also, I just, it, it was a thought that just occurred to me now. But also having somebody that knows the deep nuances of the beehive and how that relates all. I, so my thought was maybe there was the Sir Isaac Newton that could come to lodge and he was a member and he would talk about all the fascinating things that he's discovering and whatever. And it might prompt us to learn more or just be fascinated with what he's discussing and, de and describing. And so do you think there was three or four or five or 10 guys that were all kind of the Sir Isaac of their element and they brought these cool ideas and that's what they're discussing or. Well, there is the, there is the common belief that the Royal society in, in was founded by a bunch of like, there were a bunch of Masons in there. Like, so they were bright, intelligent guys that, you know, would come together and, you know, the newest thought, you know, that the, the newest humanist thought in out from the continent and they would discuss it. But, you know, we can find that out easily ourselves. Like, and, you know, we don't, that nothing is that I'm not saying there's nothing new in the world, but there's not a lot new that we can discuss deeply with. And, and this is going to go into the, the next section is, is that, you know, the, the, Oh, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. The the level of intellect of the average Mason is not conducive to deep philosophical or intellectual thinking. Sometimes that was that was going to be my question: that do we have that depth available to us? And then those that do have that, if I had a Jared in my lodge, we could easily. Not if we all had a Jared in our lodge. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we could easily have some more deep discussions about things because we have that expert knowledge, if you will. And in our particular lodge, there's a, there's probably a couple of guys that have some more specific knowledge and more depth of knowledge like that. But a lot of us just have a more generalized knowledge of things and interest. But if we do, I don't think we have, I don't know if we can point to one person and say, oh yeah, he's the guy that has all the knowledge and it's so exciting to let him talk about things and we can have discussions and he opens. Maybe we got maybe a couple guys, maybe that's a little more like that. I just, I just don't know if, the, if you thought that that was, it, it, obviously they, so they sat around, they, they had drinks and they had meals and all that kind of stuff. And then they had some discussion, but it was it about how their horse broke down that day and the wagon or is it, and why can't they get guys to come to lot, come to the dinner? Or was it about, like you were saying, the ideas of, this is what I discovered today. This is what I learned today. This is how I was a better person today, whatever. I know we're well, up close believe, to it. If you I believe know. the histories that, that they were bringing, you know, because they were, they were correspondence circles and they would be bringing like, you know, Hey, I got the letter from, you know, Rousseau in France yeah. and he's got this strange idea. I thought I'd bring before the lodge and we discuss it. So I don't know. I mean, it was just, as I said, it was just something that occurred to me as we were, as we were talking. And an equally valid thing that I think would be really cool discussion to have in, and I think it'd be hard to do in lodge. You need to do it in a less formal setting is I am having this problem in my life. 
how can I apply the tools of masonry to this thing? You know, I, I'm a new master mason and I've never encountered this problem before. And, and I think, I mean, that takes a level of, of bonding with your brothers that, I mean, you don't want to, that's not what you're going to bring up an open lodge in front of three visitors and whatever. That's the discussion that I, I think would make people better people. If you yes. Will. Yes. Yes. But yeah. So there you go. Uh, having had the first word and the last word, <laughs> I think it's uh, about time to wrap us up again. So uh, again, I'm Matt Apple, and on behalf of Jared and David and the absent Steve, we thank you all for listening to the Working Tools Podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>